You know, as I've been recording my previous podcast, Forward Thinking Founders, I've always been wondering what happens in the psychology of a young Steve Jobs, a young Katrina Lake, a young Charles Hudson, before they've found any success yet, before they have any indicators that they will build giant companies or venture capital firms. And as I interviewed hundreds of founders on my podcast, Forward Thinking Founders, I just thought, how interesting would it be to get into the psyche and the psychology and the brain of these extremely high aptitude young people before they have found any element of success and the only person truly betting on them at the moment is themselves. So this is a podcast where I interview middle school, high school, college age, and recent grad aged people who want to break into tech that are very high aptitude, that are very intelligent. So we're going to be exploring what makes them tick, what they spend their time thinking about, how they think about the world, what they want to work on. And maybe, just maybe, out of some of the guests that I interview, they will become prolific founders and venture capitalists. And then we can go back to these episodes and say, this is what they were like before the success. This is Early Bets on the Forward Thinking Media Network. Let's get into today's episode. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Annabelle Strauss, who is a student at Brown University studying computer science, and we have her on the podcast today to talk about all the awesome stuff she's working on. So welcome welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, it's going well, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. I remember when, I think, I don't know who it was that I had on recently, but someone I don't know how exactly how I got connected to you or how like I kind of came across your LinkedIn and what you're working on, but I came across, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're doing so many cool things. <laughs> and I wanted to learn a bit, learn a little bit more and kind of, kind of show everyone, you know, what you're working on and just kind of into the insight of what it's like to be someone in tech in college. So with that, can you yeah. please kind of introduce yourself on what you're working on? what you're involved with, um, and just kind of what's taking up your mind, your, your mind space, you know, as of today in regards to tech and, and what you're spending your time on. Absolutely. So, yeah, my name's Annabelle Strauss. Um, I'm a senior at Brown University, and I study computer science here. Um, but for a long time, I've been more excited about startups and the product side of things rather than software engineering itself. Um, that's what led me into the venture space. So I'm a Venture Fellow for Rough Draft Ventures, which is a fund focused on students, run by students, and owned by General Catalyst. And so I'm a fellow for Rough Draft, and I'm also working on my own startup on the side as well. So definitely a lot on my mind. Absolutely. I think to start, I would love to hear, at, at what point did you decide that you were into startups in the first place and you were into products? Um, and, well, you know, was it when you got into college? Was it a precursor to that? Um, I guess, how'd you know that startups and tech was something that was interesting to you? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it'd be freshman year of high school, actually. That's when I got interested in computer science and I was fortunate enough to have a high school computer science program. And I had a bunch of friends who were girls in this program, too. So there was this whole rah-rah girl power energy in the CS department, which I completely fell into and, and loved. And 
later into high school, we wanted to start a hackathon. We had heard about all these colleges that had their own hackathons. So we said that we should start one too. And um, we started going around to different hackathons at universities in the city. So NYU and Columbia, stuff like that. And talking to all their sponsors. And at these sponsor fairs, you know, you get all the swag and that was the fun part. And I, that's where I met all these startups and kind of woke up about, you know, there isn't just Facebook and Google, there's a million things out there and they're all doing super cool things and they all have awesome t-shirts. So I'd say that's when I started to get really excited about startups and that has just continued and grown in the past couple of years. They get you with the swag, don't they? The t-shirts, the sunglasses, you know, all, all <laughs> of the merchandise that they, they get me with the swag too. <laughs> so one question and off question, do, do you, when you, when you went to hackathons um, or even if you still go, have, do you know something, this might be a weird question, but like major league hacking, like, do you know what that is when I say that? Yes. I think we actually went to one of those in our research process as well in high school. That's so funny because the person I interviewed before before you, like just 30 minutes ago, was Swift, who's the founder of Major League Hacking. So that is, oh, no uh, that, that's funny. That's we weird. talked all about hackathons for 30 minutes, um, <laughs> which, is, which is cool. Um, so cool. So you, you got involved in tech and whatnot in hackathons in high school. You, you know, you went to some of these hackathons to get swag from cool tech companies and this whole world was open up to you. So when you decided to kind of pursue this, did you pick like your college? And then I'm going to get into the VC stuff in a second. But how would you know you wanted to go to Brown? Was it because it was techie? Was it because there was a rough draft there? I guess did, did that decision, was that related to your interest in technology and startups? I decided to go to Brown for a million reasons. One of them was that I knew they had a strong computer science department and I knew that's what I was going to major in. So that was definitely a plus. But when I toured Brown, there was just a palpable energy there that I completely fell in love with. Um, Brown was, is so fun. Everyone there is exactly my kind of person. And one of the big things, this is so cliche, but the Brown open curriculum, which is uh, Brown's way of saying, take any class that you want. So I've taken, it feels like I've taken two computer science classes at Brown, even though that's my major. Every semester I take something else. I've taken a bunch of music history classes and French classes and economics classes um, because I want to explore things that are outside of just computer science. And I knew that for sure going into college. And so the fact that Brown afforded this opportunity to take anything you want was really compelling for me. So I don't want to put you on the spot, but so far, what has been the most interesting class that's unrelated to computer science that you've taken and or seen? Um, I guess, yeah, interesting thing that you've done outside of what your primary domain is. So one of my favorite classes was called Computers and Music, and I swear it doesn't have to do with computer science. It, it's a class about the history of electronic music. So starting with starting with radios and, you know, going all the way up to Daft Punk and cool things that are happening in the electronic music space now. Super fun. That's awesome. I, 
was almost roped in for masterclass to get to just buy a subscription to masterclass and one of their um i don't know master classes is learn music production from dead mouse and uh, that almost alone uh, got me to i didn't yet because like you know they gotta get me hit me with a, a little more ads in order for me to actually decide to do it but <laughs> no that's uh that, that's interesting so when so something i'm really interested in and uh, i've been fascinated for the last couple of weeks and uh, the listeners will know this but like just the environment of how great it is to be in tech and also in college i feel like college is like a breeding grounds for networking for building stuff for getting into cool opportunities i would love to hear like you know obviously you mentioned that you got into rough draft um as a vc so i'd love to hear how you got involved with with them and you know was it networking was it you know was it an application etc but also like I'd love to just hear what's it like being a startup person on a college campus. What kind of opportunities are open to you? Uh, and um, and uh, yeah, let's just leave it there. So let's start with a rough draft. How did you get involved with them? And, and again, like, how does that work? For sure. So I was very involved with Brown EP, which is Brown Student Entrepreneurship Club. And I was part of their community team and pretty tight with the Brown EP community. I felt like that was one of my main groups on campus. And there was someone who was in EP, he was a senior, and he was the rough draft fellow at the time for Brown, the Brown rep. And one night he was going to some event in Boston for rough draft. And he asked a few kids in EP if we'd want to come. And I was one of those kids. And I, had no homework that night like that's literally how I decided if I wanted to go to this event I was like yeah sure I have no homework why not get a free dinner in Boston and meet cool founders um so I went to I went to that and just had the best time I talked to so many interesting thinkers and innovators and students from uh schools that I didn't know any any kids that went there and when we got back from that event, I turned to the Brown Rough Draft fellow, his name is Valentin, and I said, I want to do this next year. I want, I want to be you when you graduate. Um, and that's kind of, that was my foot in the door. So he introduced me to the people who do the kind of recruitment process for Rough Draft, which were general, general catalyst people. And the process just went pretty smoothly from there. I'm pretty sure there a couple other people applied. It, it wasn't a formal process though at all. It kind of feels like just like the real world. Like if you want to, it looks like a general catalyst. And for those who don't know, general catalyst is a massive VC, massive, massive VC firm. Um, if I wanted to work at general catalyst, you don't just apply, you know, or if I wanted to work for Greylock or Andreessen Horowitz, you don't just like, right. you know, it's kind of like a, you have to know someone and you need to already have the stuff. And it seems like that's kind of how it is even in, um, with rough draft. Is there like, have you seen, like, how do you think about people who like apply, but look impressive, but may not have connections? Like, I don't know. Now that you're on the opposite side of the table, how do you know who, who to recruit for the next class? You got all these like super smart, you know, CS students and, you know, people that are into startups and you can only pick, I don't know, how many people are you even able to pick, um, pick from, I guess, how does that work? One. Well, each. You just say one. You, 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 oh, wow. That's interesting. 
so how Rough Draft is set up is that we have a few different locations. So there's the Boston group, the New York group, and the San Francisco group. And each group has eight to 10 fellows. And each school has one representative fellow, except for a school like Harvard, which might have one person from HBS and one from undergrad, similar at MIT and a couple other schools. So in my case, there's only one fellow from Brown at a time, just because uh, it, we don't need more from Brown. But the question of recruiting is really important to me because I think it has a lot to do with how well RoughDapt is branded on campus because the issue with uh, recruiting when it comes to a situation like networking like this where I, for, in my instance I got lucky. I don't think I would have known about RoughDapt at least not as early as I did if it hadn't been for that chance encounter having no homework that night. But for other students, there you need to know me or know that I do rough draft or know that rough draft exists or I reach out to you because I think you're awesome. And I don't think that's fair. And I think that's actually how we end up with a lack of diversity in venture capital in general. So I think when it comes to um, brand awareness, that's really crucial so that people who might not have necessarily have thought about this before, now it's on their mind. And if they'd like, they can now reach out to me uh, to try to continue the conversation. And in regards to doing the other part of your job, which is probably like investing, right? Like writing checks or bringing deals mm -hmm. to the table. How, like, how do you generate your own deal flow? Is it, um, I guess, I guess, tell me a little bit about like the function of, of your job. Like, like, do you, are you writing yeah. checks? Are you doing deal flow? Are you putting on events? We'd love to hear just like some of your activities that you spend time on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so most of the deal flow comes from either students reaching out to me or students reaching out to the other venture fellows or us reaching out directly to them. So a lot of what I do on campus is I attend all the entrepreneurial events. So we have a pitch competition or a conference or something like that. I always want to have a pulse on what's happening on campus. And in a way, it's really nice that Brown's entrepreneurship scene, Brown's entrepreneurship scene is on the rise, but it's not, it's not massive just yet. And it's kind of in a nice spot for someone like me because I can actually have a great idea of what's going on on campus. There, there are direct places that I can go to to have an idea of who's starting what. And so if I think something is in, an, is in, in a place where it would make sense to have a conversation for rough draft, then I'll approach them and grab coffee and just chat, start building the relationship from there. Oftentimes founders will just reach out to me directly and we'll do the same thing. And as a rough draft fellow, even though I'm the Brown fellow, I can still talk to, I can still talk to founders at other schools. And I do that pretty often because if there's not too much happening on Brown's campus in a given month, let's say, and I'm not close to a lot of other universities in the Providence area, um, I'll do calls via Zoom or Google Hangout to just meet founders remotely. What's it like being a startup like tech person 
in the East Coast? The reason that I, that might seem like a weird question, like I grew up in Arizona, in Phoenix, Arizona. I have done all my networking of people that I think matter, um, that are in that are uh, that are influential in tech, that are important to know in tech for career wise through the podcast and then through just Twitter. Um, and you know, I I. I just wonder what is it like to live on the East Coast where all of just like tech is just you got Harvard, MIT, Brown, like like just all these all these different cities so close to each other. Is it as beautiful as I think it is in my head, or can you kind of paint what it's like to be growing up, um, at least going to college, in um, in the East Coast and being in tech? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's amazing. I think there's just so much happening and it's so exciting to be part of it. It's so fun to be in Providence, which has its own burgeoning startup scene. And then close to Boston and I'm from New York City, so I have that element as well. I mean, it's nowhere near the size of the whole ecosystem in SF, which is just a whole other beast. But I kind of love that. Um, I, I love that the community is a manageable size such that you can actually have a lot of you know mutual friends or know a ton of people in common or similarly to how I feel with the brown entrepreneurship communities have a pulse on what's going on and it doesn't feel like just like this huge uh, huge number of things happening around you that that can get overwhelming um, it's more like pockets and communities what the I have a question that like, I don't know if you'll know the answer to it, but it, and it's but something that's been on my mind that I've been talking to a few people about. And it's like, if you have all these colleges, uh, you know, the, the top colleges in, in the country, um, mainly, you know, on the East Coast, obviously Stanford and Berkeley, like, those are great, but there's a large right. density of colleges where, where you're at. Why do you think San Francisco has become like that quote unquote other beast where it's like another level when at least in my perception like a lot of the talent is on the east coast like i guess what's attractive why isn't there more of a hub on the east coast although there is quite a hub but do you have a theory on why um on why there's a difference there i don't really know i mean it's got to be a combination of just culture like west coast culture and um and a cycle as well, you know, of course, like if everyone is in tech in SF, then if you are from New York and you're in tech, you're going to move to SF too. And then that's just a whole big cycle. But maybe because New York has a stereotype of being finance and very Wall Street and uh, SF kind of created its own mecca on the other coast. It's my best guess. For sure. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I... I guess two more questions. Um, yeah. The I have, a, I have a final question. I'll save that for the final. My the, this question is: Is there anything else that you think is interesting to note just about being a student in tech um, or being a student, you know, in, in on the East Coast? Um, just anything, in, any dynamics that are interesting that you think are worth mentioning and talking about? I think two main ones. One. Being a student on the East Coast with this concentration of incredible universities is just such a great opportunity for collaboration. I'm a huge proponent of collaboration. I love working in groups and I love brainstorming out loud and 
like I will pair program. Like I love collaboration. And I think that being in this concentrated environment, having all these colleges here is just the best time to go to all these hackathons or go to these conferences at different schools and meet people at these amazing universities who you can share ideas with and get inspired by and just create that kind of community. The other great thing about being a student on the East Coast is that there is this amazing broader tech and VC world uh, you know, in your, in your backyard. And as a student, you can cold email anyone. I think leveraging that has been really huge for me, just being able to reach out to someone and say, hey, I'm a student, I go to Brown, and I'd really like to chat with you about XYZ. I love doing that. I've met awesome people cold, you know, doing cold email stuff. So I think that's an amazing uh, aspect of living here. And, and for those who may also be students that are listening and as someone who was a student and is not anymore, I promise you all that that is a superpower that students have. And once you, you know, graduate, Go, it, it, it goes away. So definitely when you're a student, you play that card as much as you can just because it, it, it really is powerful. You can get a meeting with anyone, literally. My last question for you is, you know, you, like, how do you think about your future in, in tech? Like you're a VC now, you also have a startup, you know, you, you, you have some product experiment, experience. How do you think about what you want to do after college um, or screw like actually like like uh, like actually like next year, but just in general, like ha do you have an idea on what you want to spend your time on in the next decade, um, whether it be VC, founding a company, you know, working for a company? Have you, how do you feel yeah. about all that? I think in the short term, so I guess the 10, the 10 year short term, I don't really want to be a full time investor. I, that decision I made a couple months ago to not return to a VC internship that I could have gone to full time because I really want to get my hands dirty first and build something. I think maybe angel investing, sure, maybe becoming a VC in like 20 years or whatever, or maybe that'll completely change and I'll become a VC in five years. But for now, I'm really excited about product. I really just want to think about that. So next year, I'm heading to Facebook to join their rotational product management program. And I'm super excited to get amazing training there and see where that takes me. I guess I feel a little cliche saying like, I want to be a founder when I grow up. But if the opportunity presents itself and there's an amazing idea for me to work on that I'm very passionate about, then I million percent want to build that and hopefully make some positive impact. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, I think that's a great answer. Well, I appreciate you kind of diving into a lot of these different topics. A lot of these things are just stuff I'm, I'm curious about as I like, I'm very far away from all of it living in Phoenix, Arizona. So I get to, I get to learn, you know, from these conversations. So Thanks for coming on and um, best of luck, you know, you know, at Facebook and the finishing out rough draft and, you know, just in your tech career, I think you have a bright future and uh, um, just appreciate you coming on and, and educating all of us on, on what it's like. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much, Matt. It was great to chat.